0: Hey, good morning. It's a beautiful morning here at Lighthouse Fellowship, at least on the property this morning. Uh, I wanna thank Kelly and the worship team for working so hard this week to get all that beautiful music together for us to worship by today. Wasn't it glorious? Love that phrase, uh, praise the King, He is risen. Praise the King, He is alive. What a declaration for us on this amazing morning. You know, it had to have been a peaceful morning like this that Mary and Mary went to the tomb but even though it was a peaceful morning there was darkness all around them much like there is for us today. With the COVID-19 virus continuing to wreak havoc on our society there's so much concern and worry and understandably so. Concern about people who are sick, people who have already died, their family members and friends, all the concern that we have about the first responders, the firefighters and the police officers and the ambulance uh, personnel. What a gift they are to all of us in addition to the people that work at all the stores and the restaurants trying to keep businesses going in this time. But there's worry that creeps in in the midst of all of it. Worry about the uncertain future. I'm sure many of you are worried about the future that your kids have. Worried about your job. Maybe some of you have lost your job. Maybe some of you are thinking about having to cut employees because of the challenges of the economy right now and and the market going up and down and up and down. Oh, the abundance of worries is huge right now, wouldn't you say? And I'm sure some of you are thinking right now, you know, Frank, I'm not sure I should be watching right now because you're making me depressed. I'm getting sad all of a sudden. And my point is that is exactly the place that the two Marys had to have been that morning when they headed to the tomb. They were so sad. Their best friend, Jesus, had died. He had been not, not just died, but He had been killed in the in, in most terrible way that anybody could die. You heard at the beginning of our service this morning the people reciting the story from Scripture about what happened on Palm Sunday and leading us through the week to Thursday when Jesus had His last meal with His friends and to Friday when He had the trials and then the beating that He took that would have killed almost anybody in that day. And then finally, having Jesus nailed to a cross and dying. Oh, the two Marys had plenty of reason to be sad on that peaceful morning as they headed to the tomb. But then, something happened. Let me read to you from the book of Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Here's what it says. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled the stone aside, and sat on it, His face shone like lightning, and His clothes were as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw Him, and they fell into a dead faint. The angel spoke to the women. "'Don't be afraid,' He said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you." The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angels' message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to Him, grasped His feet, and worshipped Him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me at that time. Let the church say, Amen and amen." Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would have been like for them on that morning? What? Jesus is alive? What? Jesus is alive? Luke's Gospel tells us that Mary's left almost immediately and ran to tell the disciples, Peter and James were the first to hear the news. They ran back to the grave, and when they got there, they went inside, and all they found was the linen cloths that were wrapped once around Jesus's dead body. Can you imagine? Can you imagine as light began to dawn in their lives that this one that they believed was the Messiah, the one whose hopes had been crushed when he died just three days earlier? Can you Imagine what they would have felt like to, to think, no, he's not dead. He is alive. He is alive. How incredible. And when they went back to town, can't you just see them as they're walking down the dusty pass as they're going down those roads making their way back to town? Everybody that they would see, everybody that they would run into, they would run up to them. They'd say, hey, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's alive and people would wonder, what in the heck are they talking about? But they couldn't stop yelling. They couldn't stop shouting, Jesus is alive. And in that moment, here's what I want you to catch. In those moments following this revelation that Jesus was alive, at that moment for their lives, everything would change. Nothing would be the same ever again. Because when you compared their grief to what they were feeling now, really nothing else mattered. And I want to ask you today to think about your own life, to think about what you may be struggling with today. The sadness of what's going on, the fear of and uncertainty of the future, concerns about your job, concerns about the medical community and all the first responders, all those many places where you may be concerned right now. Think about the fact that Jesus is alive and put all that worry into perspective. I don't want, I don't, I don't mean to ask you to be callous about it and, and, and flippant about it and just say, well, that doesn't really matter because everybody matters. Every life matters, but I'm just asking you to take your worries and put them into the hands of Jesus because he's alive. He is alive now and forever and forever and forever and what a gift He is to each one of us. I want to ask you if you're watching today and you tuned in because you're curious about this stuff about the church and you know that Easter is a big day for the church and and you decided you check it out and you could do it online and so glad that so many of you are watching today. Please know that what the church has been saying for over 2,000 years is the same message today. Jesus was the Son of God. He was a real man, but He was also fully human. He lived just like you did, just like I do. And He died a terrible death on a cross for a crime He did not commit. But He died so that coming back to life, He could give us life. That if we would just invite Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, that we would find peace and we would find purpose unlike we can find it anywhere else. And to begin this journey with Jesus, it's really a simple thing. You just got to take your pride and set it aside for a moment and own that your life is not the way you want it to be. Own that your own selfish desires have gotten in the way of fulfillment in your life. You've tried just about everything, but you've not tried God. You've not given God the opportunity to really bring you the peace that you want. So today, even right now, even if you're by yourself sitting there looking at your computer right now, I invite you to make the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life, to open your heart, to confess to God, say, God, I'm sorry for the brokenness of my life. I'm sorry for the way that I have sinned. And I pray God that today you would enter your heart. I invite it, enter my heart. I invite your son, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life." And if you would do that today, you would begin a new day dawning in your life. You would begin a journey unlike any other journey you could experience in this life. Please make that decision today. And for those of you who are watching who are committed to Jesus already, may you today commit to the power of Jesus Christ again today because Easter is every day, right? It's not just once a year. It's not just every Sunday. It's every single day of the week. Can I get an amen? Amen. Before I finish this morning, I want to ask you to do two things. The first thing I'd like to ask you to do is, is I want to invite you to make it part of your practice, part of your daily discipline for Jesus, to do something crazy. And the crazy thing that I would ask you to do is to simply find one person each day to say to them, hope you're having a great day today. Jesus is alive. When you go check out at the grocery store, when you get your groceries, say to them, thank you for what you do. I just want to remind you that Jesus is alive to a coworker, to somebody that's walking down the street, to somebody that you run across as you're walking the dog, say, have a great day. Jesus is alive. That's the kind of people we got to be friends because the world is looking for hope. And at this time when all this darkness is creeping around us, there is a great brilliant light that shines. And we need to proclaim that light by simply telling people Jesus is alive. What a gift. The second thing I want to ask you to do is to invite you today, before you have your Easter meal, whether it be lunch or dinner, that before you have your meal, when you're seated at the table, maybe you're by yourself, maybe you're with your family. But in either case, grab some some communion elements, hopefully some bread. If you don't have bread, use a cracker. Use whatever you can. Get a glass or a goblet or whatever. Put some wine in it or some grape juice or some orange juice or some... Prune juice! I don't know what it might be. It could be some water. The, the color and look of it doesn't matter. It's a symbol for what today is about, that Jesus rose from the dead. And take your bread and, and, and offer it and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And give it to each person around the table. And after everybody has got their bread, then take the cup and hold it up for them and remind them, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. After you have taken the elements there at your table, then I would invite you to say grace, to give God thanks for the gift of Jesus and His resurrection, to give God thanks for all of those people that I've already named in the medical community and the first responders and the grocery store workers and the people with jobs and people without jobs. God, give thanks for all of them and pray a blessing over them. And then give God thanks for the food that you are about to receive, for the sustenance that it brings to your lives, for the way that it reminds us that Jesus is our sustenance. Jesus is our bread. And we will share communion today with literally millions of people all around the globe, and especially at our church where we're celebrating this Unite 17 focus, focused around 2 Chronicles 7 14, that reminds us that if we would just turn back to God and pray that God would heal our land. Now before I go, I wanted to share with you one last little story. Many of you know that a uh, little over three years ago, I, had, I was privileged to go to Kenya on the, the first mission trip that I was able to go on. And uh, w- when you go on a mission trip to Kenya, the way they have them set up is you work for about 10 days and the last two and a half or three days, you're doing some traveling and get to go on safari. It's an amazing way to end this trip because you're so exhausted and you get surrounded by the glory and beauty of God. On this particular uh, trip, we had a, a side opportunity to go visit and And meet a Maasai tribe, one of those tribes that you've maybe seen in a movie or read about, and they're amazing people. We got to their little little compound, and it's basically a walled compound, but it's not a wall like you and I would think of. It's made out of trees and brush. It's thick with thorns and that kind of thing to protect the people on the inside. You go through a little entrance, and you get inside, and the compound is lined with basically mud huts, and each mud hut is a family home. There are about 120 people that lived in this particular uh, compound. The elders of the tribe talked to us about life there and about their routines, and they told us something fascinating. They said that in, in the early 1900s, missionaries from Britain came to Kenya and, and began to Christianize the nation of Kenya. They began to teach them about Jesus. And the elders of the tribe said that our tribe is a Christian tribe. And oh, how we were excited to hear that news. They then broke us up into small groups of three or four, and they would take us into one of the houses so that we could see how they lived. And it it, it was a dark place. No lights, no electricity. You walk in the entrance, and just to the left, there's a little alcove. And they told us that that alcove was to protect a young calf, that would have been born to keep it away from any predators out in the world out there. You walk past that little alcove and there's just basically one room. It's got a little kind of anteroom to one side with a, with a mat made out of wood and, and stretched leather on top of it. That was the bed for the husband and wife. To the left was another kind of a little alcove and another kind of bed with sticks and not as nice a piece of leather stretched over the wood there, but that was the place where the kids slept. In the center of the room was a fire pit, and, and the smoke coming off the fire was, was stifling. We sat there in the dark, our team did, trying to adjust our eyes to the light to see what was in the room very well. And all of us noticed as the elder continued to talk about their customs, the young woman that was seated up against the wall to the left as we walked in. She sat there quiet, just staring ahead. Before the elder finished talking and teaching us about their life, he pointed to the woman and he said, I know you've noticed this woman over here. She is grieving because she lost her three-month-old son recently. And we were all struck by what he said and, and, of course, then filled with compassion for the woman the elder finished talking and teaching us and and he escorted us out. And I was one of the last ones to go out and I just simply turned to the woman and I said, I am sorry for your pain. I am sorry for your loss. May the Lord bless you in this time. And I walked out. The elder tribesman walked out behind me and he came up next to me and he looked at me and he said, do not worry about her with a smile on his face. And I said, okay, And he said, she knows Jesus, she loves Jesus, and Jesus will show her the way out. Jesus will show her the way out. On this day, my friends, on this glorious day when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, may you know that whatever dark place you may be struggling with or fighting with right now, that Jesus knows the way out. Walk with Him. Let Him lead your life. Let Him push away the worry. Let us proclaim from the hilltops, Jesus is alive. Praise the King. He is alive. Praise the King. He is alive forevermore. Let the church say amen and amen. Let us pray. Holy God, On this day, on this glorious day, when we celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray that our hearts would swell with joy because Jesus is alive. And Lord, may it not just be today, may it be tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and every day of our lives, God. May we praise you in the midst of our lives. Even when darkness creeps in, God, may we glorify you because Jesus is alive. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. Have an awesome, blessed Easter in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.